Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that has one continuous man rug from his mustache down to his ankles, Dave Burles Burland. Say what? It's a gift and a curse, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. A gift and a curse. And and to, and to be honest, listeners, I'm guessing. Nope. I was I was guessing. I don't know. Nope. A hundred percent. But I was I was pretty sure. It's pretty- it, it definitely it definitely can't. There's got to be a there's a pathway. There's got to be. <laughs> I gotta be. honestly on my body I don't know. Like I have these just weird weird hairless areas. There are very hairy mm-hmm. areas, and then there are just parts that yeah. I'm just like what? It, it's it's not a straight pathway by any means. <laughs> have to curve its way down. <laughs> All right. That took a hairy, weird turn to start. Anyways. At the very beginning. And there go all the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, I, I wanted to chat about something that we uh, talked about last show. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it was interesting. We needed to go back and talk about it. So, we last show, we d- discussed a lady... Okay. Who still sleeps with a teddy bear? And yes. you said ridiculous. That's a fact. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's ridiculous. But th- my point of the story was, even though it may be a little ridiculous, it's mm-hmm. on on the scale of deep dark secrets. It's a pretty benign deep dark secret. So true. And, sure. And I was thinking about this and uh, ruminating, if you will. And mm-hmm. I was watching some NBA bubble basketball. And as I watched it, I discussed it with my stuffed animal friends. And I was like, guys, is it ridiculous that I talked to you? And they were like, no way. And one of them was like, yeah, a little bit. It's a little weird. And I was like, come on, bro. You got to be on my side. At least he's honest. Yeah. He's honest. Exactly. He he calls it as he sees it, you know. Uh, But right as I was getting in this convo with him, a commercial Mm -hmm. for all elite wrestling came on mm. you know mm. and and all mm-hmm. of a sudden there were dudes in speedos yelling about how they were the king of wrestling and there were flames shot into the air behind them and there were like 50 mm-hmm. year old dudes out in the audience like wow yeah wait what and all kinds Kill of him. yeah and all kinds of dramatic music and i looked over at my stuffed animals and i was like guys this sh- real they script everything that goes on in these fights so true and my stuffed animals was like yeah but look at it fans love it man they're going insane over that and i was like good point man true good point true uh, and then i started thinking though you know i was like if you want to geek out over another sweaty dude beating up another sweaty dude that's dressed up in spandex and leather cool that's right do your thing yeah. right yeah Teach their own. Exactly. But, you know, it's your way of suspending reality. Hmm. And the lady in the Huffington Post article suspended reality by talking to inanimate objects. So true. That's what she did. My point, Dave, is that everybody has their form of pro wrestling. Yes! Whether it's pro wrestling (laughs) or dressing up in drag 
and going down to Key mm-hmm. West or or going out in a field and getting your LARP on with a foam sword Sweet. or playing Ooh, Fortnite nice. until 4 a.m. in the morning. True. Sometimes the way True. people deal with reality is by leaving reality. And, okay. And if you say you do nothing to escape reality, I say two things. Bull****. And two, get out of the way because that person's a sociopath. You have to, right. at some point in time, escape reality. Right. You got to turn turn the switch off mm-hmm. and, and go into your own little zone. Definitely. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. And maybe, to stay healthy. Maybe Dave hits a couple golf balls on the virtual golf tour, you know? Exactly. That's and you know and I don't have to see any fake animals Mm-mm. talking to me Mm-mm. or dudes tackling each other in speedos Mm-mm. to do it. Mm-mm. Not that I'm better than any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to be a weirdo like Doc over there or one of those weirdos watching wrestling. All right, I'm just playing golf. Girl, come on, eat it. Anyways, let's talk about your reality a little bit, Dave. Sure. We need to let the listening public know something. You have gone through COVID. I contracted it, yes. Yes. And survived. Yes. So first of all, all you weird COVID deniers out there that for some reason have an idea that it doesn't exist, it exists. Mm -hmm. Dave's real. Oh, definitely, man. He's here to tell you he exists and it exists. He had it. And it does kill people. Luckily, did not kill Dave. That's a fact. Second. Thank goodness. Dave was following all precautions, but Mm -hmm. it should be noted that as a minor side job to the very, very important work he does here on the Doc G Show, he also works in the medical field as an occupational therapist. Wait, what? I mean, you know. Yes. So, obviously, uh, that comes with some, some, uh, some risk. And that's where yeah. you contracted the virus. Uh, what was your first mm-hmm. symptom, Dave? So my first symptom, I woke up on a Sunday morning with like this killer headache mm. that I had like, and it was almost like I woke up and I was like hungover. Mm. It was that kind of mm. headache. And I was like, well, that's weird. Yeah. Because um, you didn't drink. But I took some ibuprofen. Right, yeah. I was, yeah, not a wild Saturday night. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was... So I, I took an ibuprofen and, you know, in like an hour or so it was gone and I ran my errands for that day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at that point, so I work in skilled nursing facilities, long-term care centers mm-hmm. where these people live, you know, anywhere from like a 90 bed to 120 bed facilities, mm-hmm. um, which are pretty much the main populations right now that are getting yeah. COVID. Especially the serious um, kind. Yeah. The serious side effects. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, these people aren't healthy enough to live at home or they don't have anyone that can take care of them to the capacity that they need. Mm-hmm. So they either live in these places or they're there for short term rehab for a few weeks mm-hmm. um, to, to, you know, to a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I had been around covid cases probably eight weeks or so. Yeah. And everyone has different symptoms. No one had really complained to me about like a headache as the first one. You know, they they make every day we go in there to the office. You have to um, get your temperature done. They ask you, you know, you know, have you been 
sneezing, mm-hmm. coughing, da da da, all this like stuff that you would associate with, you know, illness, the common cold yeah. or a, f- mm-hmm. a flu, mm-hmm. right? And so when I just had a headache, I didn't think anything of it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I just went on my daily life, um, you know. Yeah. And then I found out a couple of days later. <laughs> now, now on the other hand, though. With those common symptoms you were just talking about, your girlfriend obviously got it from you before you knew that mm-hmm. you had it. Uh, yeah. Hers were much more serious, right? So for me, I had the headache, and then over the next few days, I got like the body aches, the fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was notified that luckily we get tested every two weeks by the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. So it just happened to be that Monday was the two week mark. Mm. So Sunday was my symptoms. Then literally the next day I got tested. Yeah. Um, and I had results back, uh, by Wednesday morning before or Thursday morning before going into work that I was positive. Mm. So unfortunately, you know, I wouldn't just like every other American who don't know that they have it and, you know, go to work and blah, blah, blah. And it spreads. Um, but yeah, so other than that, I didn't know that I had like loss of smell yeah. until I tested positive, and I was like, "Let me smell these coffee, this ground coffee." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, I can't smell that. <laughs> I guess I do have it. This isn't a fake positive." Now, has this has um, it returned? As far as, as yeah, it smell? returned. It returned. It returned Sweet. within the week. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, so I don't I don't have any lingering effects from it, um, and then I was good to go. Um, Kayla, on the other hand, had, she had the, uh, headache was her first symptom too. Mm -hmm. And she started noticing that she was feeling weird, but then she had the sneezing, the coughing, um, temperature on top of that. She didn't have, uh, she had a low grade temperature, Mm -hmm. but not the over 104. Yeah. Um, but I really, myself, I I was 97 the whole time. Yeah. I was about to say myself, I run a low temperature anyway. So anything over a hundred, I start to feel really bad. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was, she was 99s and she noticed it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you know, when you have the fatigue and the body ache, you just feel funky. Oh yeah. Yeah. You feel Um, off. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she didn't have the loss of smell, but she had the, the cough and you know when you're just like hacking up and your, oh, your yeah. stomach gets sore and you're just feeling poopy oh yeah um you know so it's interesting from like you know essentially the same strand because i gave it exactly to her. yeah um right right i mean direct so obviously and you would think yeah. you're same age uh same yep. fairly eth- no comorbidities same yep. ethnicities background like all that so yeah, mm-hmm. and the, just a complete difference in in uh, appearance of symptoms. Jeez, that's right, wild. And uh, and so you know, it's hard to say who I got it from because yeah. you know I worked with a, a number of COVID patients. Um, I had a number of coworkers test positive before I did. Yeah, um, contra- some of those coworkers tracing is. Yeah, it's, it's so hard because there's so much cross-contamination, mm-hmm. you know, bet- within the building. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of my coworkers were out for like a month with symptoms and they Ooh. had, you know, some of the some of the more extreme symptoms. Yeah. Um, and one of the other buildings I work at, um, there was a 21 year old who passed away. Wow. 
Wow. Um, and he was a little overweight. I didn't really know him. Um, he was a little overweight, and from what I was told, he didn't have diabetes. He didn't have asthma. He didn't have no other any of these yeah. these comorbidities that stand out. And you're like, oh, this this person is yeah. more high risk than than their age says. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also a 50 year old who went all the way to having to be on a ventilator. Mm. Um, and she is now off of it, but is going through speech therapy. Um, physical therapy to walk because she hasn't been out of a bed in, in weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So man, crazy. Yeah. Um, luck. Luckily, I, I I was away from that building for a number of t- for a, a few weeks. So, um, it's it's crazy these different strands. I've I read something that they think there's like six strands of COVID. Um, it, going it, around. it definitely seems to mutate. It definitely seems to 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 have well a ton of variation overall. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, you would consider yourself very lucky with the symptoms you had in the recovery process. Man, um, extremely. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that you're a fully recovered man yes! with an immaculate man rug, yes! are you ready to fire yes. up this show? <laughs> Dude, the rug grew during that COVID yes. break. <laughs> Let's yes. Let's fire it up. <laughs> All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Dave, man, oh man, the show. We've got one. That's a fact. We've got one, and it's a good one. Yes. Uh, we have none other Always, than Trevor man. Hall. Uh, Trevor Hall, just a longtime independent artist, making the tunes. I mean... He has fans worldwide. He is a an international man, just uh, bringing all kinds of different cultures in together with his music, uh, making hits, touring Love with it. big time artists, it. just being a laid back, terrific dude. I can't wait to talk to him. Just being the man. Yeah. Just being the man. Yeah. But first, and we got him. Yep, we do. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Hmm. Let's go. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Dave, uh, this one, uh, I think pretty much all of them for this week, I have over 85%. So they're... That's right. Uh, one of them uh, you'll get because he, he he went by a name that's not his actual real name that I, I know you know the not real name. So you'll get mm-hmm. by on a little bit of a technicality on that one. But okay, all of them you got. This one, 95%. Okay. I like it. I like it. Born, on, uh, born in Brooklyn, New York, September 9th, 1966. He moved to New Hampshire at the age of six. And grew up there. Mm-hmm. After high school, mm-hmm. our birthday suit wearer went to New York University and was involved in comedy routines, theater, and acting. Mm. While in college, mm. he had a small role on The Cosby Show, known as Smitty, one of the Huxtable's friends. A few years mm. earlier, he had also started doing stand-up. One night while performing mm-hmm. stand-up, Dennis Miller, who was on Saturday Night Live, caught his act and recommended him to Lorne Michaels of Saturday Night Live. He was hired Mm -hmm. as a writer 
and started performing in skits as well. He started performing in movies in the early 90s, first appeared in Coneheads, then Airheads. Mm -hmm. Then he Mm -hmm. starred in the movie Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Then, later in the 90s... Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler is correct. Let's go. Yes. Turning the big 54 for Dude, Adam Sandler. the Cosby show threw me off, right? man. Right? I barely I remembered like, it. Who? I had <laughs> I was going African American the whole time. I had to I had to go back and actually look up a picture of him on the show. Like to Yeah, to, I'm gonna do that after. I I, re, I but I I do remember him when I went back and thought about it. I do remember him on the show. But yeah, man, Billy Madison, uh, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, Waterboy, Mr. Deeds, uh, Anger Management, uh, then a lot of them that I'm not a huge fan of, the more recent ones. Uh, I, I like to yeah. stick classic uh, 2003 and earlier for me, for Sandler. Dude, I love classic Sandler. Yeah. Love it. Mr. Deeds. I so saw him good. at St. Augustine, too, when he did the stand-up. Um, well, I guess, yeah, I guess it is stand-up, technically. Nice. But it was him... Um, and the crew. Nice. Yeah, super cool. Rob Schneider, all those guys. Nice, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, like, the more I... I, I, th- I think I still have to say Billy Madison's my favorite. Um, but Mr. Deeds, yeah. it really grew on me. Like, the first couple times I saw it, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then after you watch it a couple times, there's some really good parts to it. Some low-key, really good parts that you don't really recognize. They're pretty yeah. good, man. Pretty good. Uh, but 54, 54, 54 baller. I love that, uh, people like kind of like him a little bit. Cause he still like dresses really bad. <laughs> like he'll wear like polo with like big, he'll wear like a, a collared polo with like uh really baggy basketball shorts. Oh yeah. Have you seen those pictures of him? Oh yeah, man. And I also, but they're like only Adam, only Adam Sandler can pull this off. I've also <laughs> seen the uh, the you know the montages of him playing basketball. Oh, his high his highlight tape. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's so now, good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he does not have really the speed or the jumping skills, but no, he's got some Fundamentally, moves. He's there. yeah, he's got some moves. Yeah. He can he can he Definitely. has court vision. He has a shot for sure. Very impressive. Very impressive. And he's sly. He's sly. Exactly. Happy birthday to Adam Sandler. Happy birthday, Adam. Okay. Dave, you ready to rip some headlines? Rip it, buddy. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. So we've got an update about COVID aside from uh, your update, Dave. Aside from me. Yeah. So two and a half weeks ago, I told you about the Sturgis bike rally. You remember that? Hmm. Yep. We talked about how about how a quarter and a half or a half what a quarter of a million people in one small town, uh, not following precautions. Probably not such a good idea. Nope. Uh, and they actually went on and had the rally, and we didn't really talk about it. But at the rally, they had shirts that said social distancing and uh they had Mm. a spitting contest in bars um oh geez dave you want to take uh take a guess what happened now roughly two weeks after the rally in south dakota Hmm. 
I'm going to say 100,000 cases are related <laughs> back to that event. Well, so it obviously, again, going with the contact tracing, very difficult. But mm. just in the state, they had mm -hmm. 3,000 cases in a week. Jeez. Mm. And this is, That's a lot. this is a state with 900,000 people. Girl, come on. 900,000 people. <laughs> So yeah. over over twenty one times less the amount of people than than Florida. Actually, about twenty five mm -hmm. times less than the amount of people yeah. in Florida. And they had three. How many did Florida have this week? Uh, as far as cases, I well, so yeah. so here's here's the uh, South Dakota is average so three thousand compared to what? Well, so uh, since August twenty eighth, South Dakota has averaged three hundred and twenty five cases a day. Uh, in mm -hmm. one case, they had 624 new cases. With mm -hmm. that percentage in Florida, that's equivalent to us having exactly what our highest one-day total was. So true. Which was mm. 15,300. And they matched that. Mm. In a state mm. that is already socially distant everywhere, like, I mean, there is no close quarters. There obviously are no Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami areas in South Dakota, and right. they matched our rate in a state like that. Girl, come on! Um, yeah. So congratulations, Little. South Dakota. If you were trying to achieve Florida COVID status, you did it. Nicely done. Nicely done. Claps to you. Not really. Uh, Dave, also this week, we have two stories about kids seeing things on Zoom that their parents did not want them to see. Uh-oh. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now the first one, the now first, I uh, let me just say on my scale of in my opinion, 1 to 10, 10 being the worst thing on earth, there's no one in the world that should see this, and 1 mm -hmm. being nothing at all, there's something wrong with the parent, not the thing that their child saw. Uh, I would give this first story a score of about mm -hmm. a 3.5. Mm. Okay. The second okay. story so you'll hear... Not that scary. Yeah, yeah, the second story you'll hear, I give it a Awful. negative 5 on the scale. Um, oh, not bad at all. Yes, yes. Like even less bad. Way okay. less. <laughs> way, way less. Okay. So this first one, Michelle Felix's son mm -hmm. uh, was watching Zoom lesson. Uh, for school on his computer uh, mm -hmm. at Marble Falls Middle School. Uh, it was for band okay. class. When out of nowhere, mm -hmm. a pornographic picture popped up on the screen. Girl, come on! Uh-oh. And stayed for 10 seconds. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. Not boobies for 10 seconds. I don't, I don't know. They, it was not described what kind of pornographic picture, but... Michelle okay. Felix, other two kids, a nine and ten year old daughter, crowded around the screen mm. to see what was going down. Jeez. Oh. <sighs> the teacher finally restarted the Zoom to remove the pornographic picture. Uh, the Marble Falls Middle School technology team, like to meet that technology team, seemed like a cool crew. Yeah. Uh, they say Geek squad. <laughs> That's right. They say they have traced the perpetrators to either our state, to Florida, and California IP addresses. So whoever planted wow. it is coming from one of those two states. But 
They hijacked a middle school band yeah. Zoom session it's, and threw up a naked picture for 10 seconds. It's it's why it's Zoom bombing. <laughs> it's Zoom bombing, Dave. It's happening across the country and sadly Oh my god. The damage was done, Dave. Yes! Michelle Felix said it it was pretty vulgar. It was it was really bad. Nothing that my nine or ten year old daughter should have seen, certainly. Nope. And I, I gotta say, Dave, oh, I mean, you know, I, I gotta ask the question. We already knew it was porno, pornographic material. What? Right. What kind of pornographic material would you deem your daughters would be able to see? A appropriate the, to see. Yeah. yeah. You know what? <laughs> this is all right for my nine and ten year olds. This is good. Get on in there. Check it yeah. out. Like two two girls, one cup. No problem. That's fine. Um, I mean, also, <laughs> on top of that, let's be honest, Michelle, your kids have probably looked up grosser stuff than that on your phone. Or at least mm -hmm. at that, one of their weirdo friends has already shown them something grosser than that. And right. they probably didn't file it away in their memory, but they've seen it. Uh, second, mm -hmm. public schools don't get the same funding as the CIA. Nope. So don't really expect them to be able to complete a firewall against any foul ever reaching your children's eyes. It's not going to happen. Nope. Man, I thought I thought this story was going to be that the band teacher like had had it up and no, clicked the wrong button. No, luckily and no. From a browser they hadn't they hadn't closed earlier. Luckily, <laughs> luckily the band director is safe. He was not fired. He or she is okay. Uh, but lastly, right, again, good. I've said this on the show before, Dave, but really, Michelle, is it too hard to sit your kids down and say, yeah, kids, sometimes adults like to look at each other naked and each other's touching each other. <laughs> Crazy. Who wants pizza for dinner? <laughs> like, it's, it's <laughs> not that hard to do, man. Talk to no, your kids. No. Jeez. Come on. I agree. Anyways, uh, okay. Dave, this is uh, this is an interesting story. You're an experienced swimmer. Um, I am. Have you ever had a near-drowning experience? Wait, what? No. <laughs> good, good. That would that would uh, relate to your experience as a swimmer. Uh, as I was say, my ability is a swimmer. <laughs> uh, Jimmy McDonald. Uh, Jimmy... He has, and apparently he had one last week. Word. So, wait, what happened to the other, the minus five Zoom? Oh, don't worry, we're thing. coming back. We'll get there. Oh, okay. We'll get okay, there. Okay. Uh, we got to save it up because th that one's really gotcha. ridiculous. Um, okay. So uh, Jimmy McDonald was kayaking on Lake George, and uh, he wasn't really a paying attention. And he said he was taking mm -hmm. some pictures with his new smartphone. Sweet. Very excited. Okay. And uh, yeah. he tipped over his kayak. And mm -hmm. as he tipped it over, he lost his paddle. Jeez. That's mm. no good, right? And uh, no. he had a very ill-fitting safety jacket. Girl, come on! His life vest <laughs> was very ill-fitting uh. and started sneaking up over his head. Because he didn't oh, have... that's the worst. Yeah. Well, he didn't really plan this out, right? And uh, mm -hmm. he said there were other kayakers and canoers fairly close. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in the article, he says, quote, My amateur boxing pride wouldn't let me scream for help. Hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. So, so amateur boxer. <laughs> so he said, after several minutes of struggling to get back into the kayak, he said, "That's when I said, all right, jeez, I think I might die today. I think this might be it. I prayed to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for help." Hmm. What? What? So that, he, just, he just stopped what he was doing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Prayed. that's when Greg Barrett, the captain of the Tiki Boats Tours on Lake mm. George, saw Jim uh, Jimmy struggling. And it just so happens that the Tiki Bar boat was being rented out by priest on a Catholic retreat on the lake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And so what? one of the one of the missionaries, Chris Milano, who was on this boat, said, We're we're missionaries. For us that day, that was our mission. To be present wow. and to help someone in need. Hmm. Uh really? Really, Chris? Weren't you on a mission to get tanked on a tiki bar to- uh, boat out on Lake Dude, George? That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, man, because those boats I mean that like tiki bar thing is literally what you think of a yeah. tiki bar on top of a little like like raft. It's a, it's a it's, it has a motor on it is <laughs> yeah. all it is. Yeah, yeah, and they're just out there getting wasted. And they're like, hey, is that somebody drowning over there? I guess we should probably help him out, right? And I do have to. They, they obviously saved Jimmy, so hooray. Uh, but I yeah. got to go back to the good, start good. of the story where his amateur boxer pride wouldn't let him scream Dude, for help. I'm, I'm sure he's undefeated, man. <laughs> but water almost defeated him that day. But like, that's, Mother nature. That's how dedicated this man is to not asking for help. This man yeah. would rather die than ask for help. And I got to say... You need to reevaluate sure your life a little bit if you would rather die than ask for help. Just, just a little bit. Just. Well, probably why he's still an amateur. <laughs> He'd probably be a pro if he asked for help. If he actually got a coach. A yeah. Right. <laughs> probably. Probably help out. Um, okay. So uh, this next story goes along with it. Jimmy from the last story. He could. He could. Uh-huh. He could really use the skills of the girl in this next story. Uh, Dave, what were your dreams hmm. as a 16-year-old? Can you remember maybe like your biggest dream, life dream as make, a 16-year-old? Make the Olympics. Nice. Nice. I, yeah, I sort of uh, along the same lines. I wanted to be Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. I felt a good... I mean, I would have loved to have been Michael Jordan too, but I didn't think that was as achievable. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. I fell short of my goal about, you know, six NBA championships, five MVPs, 14 All-Stars, two Olympic gold medals, and 32,000 points short. Wow. But I was close, you know? Nope. It was right there. I didn't make it to the NBA or college or anything else, but still, I was close. Nope. Real close. Nope. I almost made it to trials. That was about it. Hey! That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's right. That's not bad, man. That's something to toot a horn about. Word. Anywho. What? This 16-year-old girl reached her goal. Uh, she is from New Hampshire, and she got to achieve her goal of swimming across the English Channel. Jeez. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. She ended up swimming. How many miles is it? It's like 20-something? Well, so she had to swim around 
some uh, boats in their uh, their path out to sea. Uh-huh. So she ended uh-huh. up swimming 33 miles. You know what? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness and gracious. it only took her 14 hours to complete. Wait, what? Let's see. That's moving. Yeah. That's moving really fast. Yeah. Over two miles per hour, man, in the yeah. water. Most Americans mm-hmm, couldn't mm-hmm. walk that. Like, no. Are you kidding? And she swam it. Can you imagine? Well, like some of the best to put that into perspective. If you have an American sprinter in a pool mm-hmm. in a mile race, mm-hmm. it's taking them around 15 minutes. Jeez, man. Yeah. So they're going about four miles per hour. So right, man. And then she's holding that pace for 14 hours. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, <laughs> can you imagine how pruney you would get? Oh, you'd be so pruney. Oh, so pru- so pruney. Ew. So pruney. <laughs> Ew. Uh, she then told reporters that it was a lifelong dream after she completed, and she had dreamed of this as long as she can remember, which I don't doubt. It's super awesome. Congratulations to her. Uh, totally. But, but while it's factually correct, though, it, it's a little bit misleading. Lifelong goal, you know? I mean, yeah. Like when, when, when your lifelong goal is about the same time that it takes me to get a haircut. Word. Nah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, a dream of like 30 years. That's like that. Mm-hmm. Then you can be mm-hmm. like lifelong goal. Like, what? Right. What did she dream of this for? Like 12 years? Come on, come on. I mean, she completed it. She didn't come out of the. She didn't come out of the womb saying, "I want to yeah. swim the English." Yeah, she, I mean, she completed it, so it's more than than either of us can say. I'm just saying, you know. It's totally. Just. Uh, I ain't. I ain't gonna be doing that. No, never, <laughs> never. Uh, okay, Dave. Next story. Interesting one here. This one we're gonna we're gonna take to break after this, but uh, it, okay. An Arizona man, Jeffrey Roholt. Uh, was taken mm-hmm. into custody after he tried to steal someone's infant. Wait, what? In a grocery store in Flagstaff. Hmm. Oh my gosh. So sick world we live in. Man. So Jeff sick was using world. the the self checkout at the grocery store, mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. see the the security footage of him mm-hmm. looking at this woman's shopping cart that mm-hmm. has her baby in the cart, and Jeff walks right. over. And tries to walk off with the cart. Uh, mm. That's when the lady runs after him, takes the cart back. Uh, and then when the police called up to Jeff and they asked Jeff, uh, what were you doing? He was like, you know what? Simple case of wrong cart. Word. I thought that was mine. Nope. And they were like, mm. uh, I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Jeff. There was a, there was a baby in that cart. But, you know, like, I'm, I'm sort of still inclined to believe him. Simply for the fact that I have no earthly idea who would want to steal someone else's baby. So true. Like... A perv. Well, I mean, like, literally, every time I see a baby in a store, I'm glad that's not my baby as I leave the store. That's a fact. I'm like, oh, thank God I don't own that thing. That is good in my life. (laughs) High five, everybody. I am babyless. Like still childless. There has never been zero percent of the time that I've been like, (laughs) wish that was my baby. Nope. Like Mm -mm. I'm just I maybe maybe Jeff thought someone wrapped his watermelon up in blankets or something, you know? And he was like, Is that my watermelon? I can't remember. 
Did I wrap it in a blanket? Did I buy it like that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways, Jeff, either get your life together and stop stealing babies or get some glasses so you know what a watermelon is. Either one. Either, either one will work. <laughs> either one. All right, let's take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, Trevor Hall. This is More Than Love right here on the Doc G Show. At least they told me so. How to surrender, sometimes I never know The walls up around me, they seem to never fall Let me some fire so I can burn them all I know we've been struggling, but here we gotta move I can still see you, now can you see me too? Remember the rivers and how they merged our hearts Never apart, cause we came for more than love so baby girl, don't you run We came for more than love We came for more than love So baby girl, don't you run We came for more than love on every single breath Sometimes I feel like I can't take another step But darling, I'm a soldier I know that you're a soldier So let's climb up this mountain and get over All the things that keep us in the shadows, girl I intend to cut them out of both our worlds The mirror of the heart that never lies Gotta purify our eyes and shine came for more than love So baby girl don't you run We came for more than love We came for more than love So baby girl don't you run We came for more than love
And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida, Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. please do us a huge favor. Mm-hmm. Stop what you're doing. Yes. Download the podcast yes. downloading app. Yes. You know, your iPhone comes with it, so you don't even have to do that step, That's really. True. Then click on podcast. Click yes. the Doc G Show. Yes. Download us. Yes. Give us five stars. Yes. Give us a good review. Please. Not some crappy half butt one. We don't want that. But you you Put can your heart and soul into this review. If if your no. if your choice no. is between crappy and no review at all, give us just the the one that's like I like those dudes. That's fine. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. But not like crappy where like they're like these guys suck. Oh yeah, Five no stars. negative review. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah. Nobody wants no. that. Yeah, and yeah. then when you're done doing that, you can go look at the highlights on the Instagram at Doc G Show, mm-hmm. and we also got some cool stuff at the website www.thedocgshow.com or docgshow.com, whatever you want to do. We got yeah. both of them. Yeah, and I noticed Dave uh, updated his likes for our, our show today. He he went back I and did. was like, "Oh man, I haven't liked these." Boom, 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 boom. Rapid fire. I know. Likes. I, I was like, "Let me watch these." Yes, and so you were, they're good clips. You were I like, "Oh them. man, good Literally times and figuratively." I remember those. I remember those. I times. remember those conversations we had. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, Dave, we need to thank the people that listen to the show, uh, the, the show in shoutouts. And today, let's do it. I thought we would switch it up a little bit. So okay. we were lucky enough. Uh, with our speaking of the podcast, we've got different uh, analytics. They're now giving us mm-hmm. a different uh, list of analytics. So what okay. what I thought I would do today, instead of current listeners in the, our regular mm-hmm. groups, do mm-hmm. a little all time shout outs. Oh, so I'm so even a- if they listened one time. They get a shout out today. No, no, no. That would take way, way, way too long. What we're gonna That's do? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna do over the past four years, and it's almost, by the way, exactly four years. First show was September twenty wow. second, two thousand sixteen. That's when are the we gonna one. have a re- a party, a fourth year show. We should. We should. show. I, I'm at least gonna put some balloons on Instagram. I can tell you that much. Jeez. Tell you there that. There you much. go. Um, okay. But over those four years, who are our best listeners? What cities and what countries? So, dang, that's what, crazy. What do you want to start with? Cities or countries? Definitely countries. Okay, okay. So, I'm going to give you the countdown. We're going to start with the fifth. Now, this is this is all time listens mm-hmm. from the countries mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of the U.S. Cool. Okay. So cool, number cool, cool. five. Number five, France. France. Nice. Sacre bleu. Oh my Ooh. gosh! Yeah, I practice. What did you just say? I said that's basically uh, uh, expression of a like. Um, oh my god! Basically, okay. you know, like I can't it believe it. Like S, it sounded like S my D, and I was like, oh, whoa! <laughs> it uh, sacre bleu. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> okay. I can see it. Um, anyways, thank you, France. Number five. We love you, five. France. Uh, number four, a, a relatively new one, but they really powered through this uh, this summer. 
Ireland. Ireland, number four. Killing it. Yes. Ireland, number four. Thank you. Thank you to all the Irish that listen to our show. We appreciate it. Um, Actually, I don't think, trying to think about it, I don't think we have any current, we haven't had a current Irish artist on the show. We did Mm -hmm. have Jared. We did have Jared Dickinson, whose wife is Irish and performs with him. So mm. that's sort of We're that's close. Yeah, that's that 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 that's almost it. But we'll get you we'll get you some true Irish guests if that's what you want, you Irish go. folks. We'll do it. Let us know. Number three, uh, they really powered through at the beginning of the show. I want to see him come back a little mm. bit more. Germany. Germany. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Germany. Thank you to all the Thank Germans you, out there. We appreciate it. Number two. Here we go. I didn't I didn't see this one coming, but you know they've Australia. got consistent no, no, they got consistent listeners, and they had some strong moments at the start of the show. Spain. Spain. Uh, Spain. We Espana. do have a lot of Spaniards. Yeah. Thank you, Barcelona, especially. Thank you, guys. Regulars in Barcelona. We appreciate it. Everybody throughout España, we appreciate it. Okay. Number one, outside. What do you think? Hmm. England. Yeah. United Kingdom. That's it. Let's go. United Kingdom. Our, our, our brothers across the pond. Thank you, United Kingdom. We appreciate the listens. London, Brighton, Scotland, all the areas of the United Kingdom. I don't know if we've ever had any Wales listeners. I don't think we've had Wales. Hmm. You guys You'd be able to look and tell, I think. Yeah, I would. Wales, uh, step it up. We wanna we wanna see more of you guys uh, next we, week with the rest of your United Kingdom brethren. Uh, but that is Dave, the all-time top five countries that listen to the Doc G Pretty show. There cool. you go. There you go. Pretty cool. Thank okay. you to analytics. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely. I can spend a lot of time wasted there. It's very interesting. Totally. Very cool. <laughs> um, okay, so cities. Here we go. I'm gonna do the same thing, but we're gonna do ten. We're going to do 10. Okay. So here we go. Okay. 10th place, Charleston, South Carolina. Shout Holy out. city coming in hot there. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Love it. They had a dip in the middle of our... 2018 was like a low point for uh, Char- Charleston. They've, they've been they've been around lately, though. Yeah, they've, been they've around. came back. They came back. And they started when we first Since started. Since I they went were there. and visited, you know. That's, that's why. it. The, you, you spread the yeah. love. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, ninth. Ashburn, Virginia. Commonwealth. Told you, Dave. Yes. Told you. They're regulars, man. They've been putting in that work. Thank you, Ashburn. Thank you. Eighth place. Another. Another Virginia. Star City. Roanoke. There it is. Eighth place. Virginia's for Doc G lovers. It is. It it. is, my friend. It is. Uh, Seventh. Now, this one was weird because I almost forgot Mm -hmm. that they had a lot of regular listens, but they did. We need to get them back. Uh, mm-hmm. Panorama City, California. Panorama Whoa. City, which Panorama is Panorama City. It's north of LA. It's still like in the LA metropolitan area. And I forgot we okay. had a bunch of listens at the start of the show from there. We need to get cool. them back. We need to bring them back. Come back, guys. Uh, sixth place, 
Mountain View, California, the original West Coast oh, connection. Yeah. There it is. Oh, Thank yeah. you, guys. Now, this one, too, fairly interesting one on the fifth one. San Jose, home of Matt Stoney. Mm. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're okay, not always okay. regulars, but when they come in but for listens, they, li- they come in. in bunches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fourth place. Radford, Shout Radford, out. Virginia, Highlanders. There we go. Yes, Shout, sir. Shout out to the Highlanders. Number three, home of the Cox, Columbia, South Carolina. There we go. go. Cox. Shout, Shout out. out to them. Second, this was, I think, the biggest curveball that I didn't see coming. And again, they had a ton of listens at the beginning. They still listen semi-regularly, but I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it being this high. San Fran, San Francisco. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, San Fran. And then first, no surprise here. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Duval. There it is. Thank you to all the all-time listeners. We appreciate you. Thank you, Top 10. Yes. You guys are the best. And everybody outside of the Top 10, keep working. Keep working. Keep listening. Yeah, Doc will update it. We'll get there. We'll get there. You can get on there. if you, Like I've told you before, if you just press listen a whole bunch of times to the show, you'll get it up Eventually, there. Eventually, you'll make it up there. <laughs> you know, it won't even take you that long. Like, probably like, <laughs> I don't know, five minutes of pressing. You'll be in the top ten. You'll get there. It's cool. Okay, Dave, we got a couple leftover stories here. Now, let's get to All that right. one that I was talking about as far as the Zoom. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, uh, we have these stories about parents complaining. And this one, like I said, pretty outrageous. So, mm-hmm. uh, at the elementary school in Wildwood, Missouri, uh, Pond Elementary, that's the name, Pond mm-hmm. Elementary, they got some feedback Not about very their- creative there. Now... Now I'm maybe I'm guessing it's somebody's name. Like I was thinking, like I was hoping uh, that it just wasn't beside a pond, like and they William were like H Pond. Yeah, <laughs> like Pond. There it is, Pond Elementary. Go. Anyways, uh, this week uh, they got some feedback about their online teaching. Uh, a teacher mm-hmm. read the book on Zoom called Ron's Big Mission, which mm-hmm. is a story about Ronald McNair. When he was a child. Now, for the listeners out there, Ronald McNair was one of the first black astronauts. Yes! Um, he, he, he was one of the first black astronauts in space. Uh, second, actually. Uh, sadly, Dang. he lost his life in the Challenger shuttle disaster in 1986. Um, oh, but the book is about Ron when he was a kid in 1959 in South Carolina. He uh, oh. convinced convinced the library to let him get a library card and check out books, even though it was against the bigoted rules of the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic book. It promotes equality, empathy, kindness, education, all around great. That's right. Uh, but apparently, one parent who was quote-unquote concerned Word. posted a Facebook Uh, a message about this. And she Mm -hmm. said, anyone else check out the Read Out Loud book on Canvas for second grade today? Ron's big mission? It was read to my seven-year-old. I caught this after she watched it, 
because I was working with my third grader. I have called my daughter's school. Parents, we have to preview what we are letting our kids see on there. Hmm. Mm. Dave, mm. I was I was a tad confused by this message, right? Right. I was like, did I did I did I miss something about this book? Were right. there were there a couple of sodomy cases that occurred in this book that I missed? What does does Ron get mixed up with prostitutes and hard drugs before he gets his library card? Wait, what's what? going on here that's so bad for kids, right? So mm -hmm. I went back. I read the whole book myself. That's right. I achieved that goal. I did that. Jeez. Did that research, Dave. It took me uh, several hours. It was a very tough read. Um, not really. It took me like five minutes. I'm a champion. Anyways, not too surprisingly, <laughs> none of that book was what I said. Nope. That book was completely wholesome. It was amazing. It promotes equality, empathy, kindness, and education. That's right. Apparently, Dave, yeah. this concerned parent is looking for books that do the opposite, that promote inequality, hate, and ignorance. I don't like that. Girl, come on. I don't like that at all. Nope. Now. Definitely not. Uh, I do have a great conclusion to this story, though, Dave. Um, Pond Elementary School received this concerned parent's comments. They showed it to the principal, Carlos Diaz Granados, and Carlos's reaction was, he said, you know what? I think this book has a great message. In fact, I'm going to read it to the entire school. And that's what he did. He read it to the entire school on Zoom as a response to that concerned parent. You go. You go, Mr. Diaz Granados. That's yes, it. Sir. That's it. Thank you, sir. Promoting Shove equality. It down throat. Yes. Yes, fantastic. Uh, okay. Dave, this is a real quick one here. Uh, this is a headline to a story, and I've got to say it really stuck out to me uh, because of how dumb it was. Word. Uh, this this mm. story is from Scientific America. Let me repeat okay. that. Scientific, Scientific America. America. Here's the headline. Science in America. Got Quote, it. Why don't people return their shopping carts? Hmm. Oh, I love this. Word. Dave, this is, I mean, this has to be one of the most pointless stories of all time. What? What is this, a seven-word article? I can, I can sum it up in seven words. Here it is. Lazy. Because they're lazy and they don't care. There you go. Yep. And that's yep. it. And I mean, aside, aside from being nice, which let's face it, most people are not. What's the motivation mm -hmm. to return a cart? Like, nobody pledged yeah, you're, allegiance. You're just, you do it because you know that there's someone's job who's to pick it up. Yeah, so like, you say, I'm just going to go put mine out and help the guy make the guy's job easier. Exactly. If you're nice, which That's we already know. No, not a lot of right. people are. But like, right. nobody pledged allegiance to Target. Nobody's like, it's my duty as a Target. How often, how often do you think you... Put it back in the hundred percent. I never leave it. A hundred percent. You're a hundred percent guy. A hundred percent. I always take it back. Uh, if dude, it's pouring I'm down like rain, a, it's a tornado. Yeah. I'm getting that son of a back in its cart. Back Dang. in there. I'm like a. I'm like a fifty-fifty guy. So I'm a. I'm a marine for my carts. I, I never leave I, a cart I, behind. <laughs> ever. I. I try to put it back, but sometimes if I'm parked just like right by you know, a little curb with a little median or something. <laughs> and and I know it's not going to hit a car. 
I'm not, I'm not someone that leaves it in the parking lot itself. Honestly, I think sense. one of the biggest things that I, I that like motivates me sadly is I think that there's somebody in a car like watching me like that son of a bitch. is he not returning that card? He Dude, is. It's so funny because I saw someone just yesterday. They were in the they were two spots down from the return, mm-hmm. and, and they, they just, just left, left it. it next to the car. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you were right there, right? So you close, were right there, so close. But like, that's that's an annoying thing. I mean, I get it. Like, nobody has emotional ties to a shopping cart. Nope. Like, nobody right. after spending 30 minutes with it is like, oh man, I'm you remember that you cart that I home. had Thursday? I should call that card up and see how it's doing. I left it out in the rain, dang it. Nobody's doing that. (laughs) Nobody's checking that out. All right, last story, Dave. Uh, Anheuser-Busch has released a new beverage. Oh. This one is for for a particular customer, a customer that you appreciate, Dave. Hmm. It's for your dog. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And first, let me tell you, that uh, I gotta say, I imagine they they must have spent weeks coming up with this name for the concoction that they created. Are you ready for this elaborate name? Give it to me. Dog brew. Blam. Mm. Wow. Okay. Wow. Not, not that. I, uh, not that amazing. I'm I'm just saying, like you got a whole group of marketing and advertising people, and the best they you came spend, up with was dog brew. You spend hundreds you got to spend like a hundred million in advertising yeah i don't know what it is but you spend a lot of money in advertising and that's yeah all you could come up with dog brew that was it but yeah it didn't matter they sold out a dog brew it sold out right now they're making a new batch but it sold out i was i wasn't even asked to buy any Girl, <laughs> now dog no brew one is, told me about it it's a Pork bone broth day, flavored with uh, minerals, vegetables, basil, mint, uh, turmeric, and ginger. It's supposed to be a tasty snack that improves their digestive system and can potentially improve weight gain for any dogs that need to gain weight. Um, Nice. I've actually bought something similar to these. They sell them at, like, pet stores. Yeah. And they got, like, funny names on them. Now... and it's with interesting those, that Anheuser Busch did it. You're yeah, and let's be honest, with with uh, Anheuser Busch, you're just paying for the name. They didn't make right. any, and you're paying for the fact that you can be like, I'm giving my dog dog brew. <laughs> yeah, what? Yep, definitely getting some pictures on social media. For it's that. like beer. <laughs> what? That person He's getting drunk. <laughs> now, Dave, my real question here is, I mean, yeah. Dog's gonna like it. I mean, it's gonna be pretty tough totally. to please the picky palate of an animal that likes to lick other dogs' butts and drink from a toilet. Am I right? I'll, it's tough. I'll tell you what, man. I'll it's tell tough. you what. They can be picky. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Dave, second birthday suit. Are you ready? Let's go. You got this one. I got you at 98% on this one. Yeah. Well, I give you more 96, actually, to be honest, right now. What? uh, But, I mean, I know you'll get it. It could go either way. No, no, I know you'll get it. There's just a small, small chance. Anyways, born on September 9th, 1985 in Freehold Borough, New Jersey. Our birthday suit wearer loves sports, played basketball, football, baseball growing up, but his senior year, he decided to focus solely 
on basketball. Sweet. By the end of his senior year, he had won the MVP for the 2004 McDonald's All-Star Game and decided to go to UNC. However, right before the 2004 NBA draft, our birthday Sueware decided to go directly into the NBA instead of going to college. Hmm. He was drafted by the New Orleans Hornets 18th overall. His rookie season, he had good performance, but his sophomore season, his performance dropped off. He's traded to Denver Nuggets in 2006. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is correct. Yes. Now, let me finish up real quick here. In the time in between the Nuggets and the Knicks, he went to the Golden Bulls in the Chinese Basketball League. In his one season, he averaged 34.4 points, 7.4 rebounds, 4.1 assists, and 2.5 steals a game. Jeez. Man, he racked Jeez. up in that Chinese <laughs> Basketball League. Crazy stats. Um, in 2012, he obviously came back, played with the Knicks. He won the six-man year, uh, six-man of the year award in 2013. 2015, he was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, won a title with them in 2015. In 2018, he was criticized for apparently being confused in Game One of the finals of not knowing what team was ahead. On July first, yeah, this year, he was signed to the Los Angeles Lakers. J.R. Smith turning the big 3-5. Three, 3-5. Five. Three, He's five. a baller. Yeah, he is, man. Those, the, I mean, when he gets hot on threes, watch out. Watch out. Like, he's, you, you're, you're in trouble when he starts nailing those threes, man. He can go off for sure. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a break. We will be right back after this break with none other than Trevor Hall. Right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a fantastic songwriter and musician who has a new album, In and Through the Body, coming out September 25th, Mr. Trevor Hall. Trevor, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. Now, first I got to ask you, Trevor, uh, I always do my homework before I do these interviews. So true. And I got to say, I've never watched so many interviews of an artist like yourself where the interviewers have asked so many philosophical and deep questions. <laughs> like, I know it goes along with your story and music, but like every other question is like, so Trevor, what's the meaning of life? Oh, come on! What? <laughs> what? Like, do you ever just, when you're in one of these interviews, do you ever just want to be like, hey man, can, can we talk about dogs or like Bob Marley albums? <laughs> like... Does that ever happen? Yeah, you just gotta go with the flow, you know. You just gotta go with the flow. I mean, it's it's uh, it's nice to keep me on my toes, I guess. But um, to answer your question, absolutely, yeah. Sometimes I would like to talk about dogs or 
Bob Marley album. Okay, good, good. <laughs> we may get to both of those in in. The oh, interview. good, good. <laughs> I saw I saw a big friend of our our show here, Andy Frasco. You you just did his podcast and like <laughs> yes. A- Andy did it a little bit to you, but Andy's always interesting because he like 180s it. He goes from like, hey, I was doing LSD at this party in Lake Tahoe. Right. By the way, how do you think addiction shapes our lives? What? Right, right. Whoa, that was quick, Andy. He did that. Yeah, to it me. was good. I I loved I loved the the podcast with him. He just he you're right. He does have that kind of uh, ability to flip things so quickly, and and even if he does ask serious questions, you know he does so with great humor. So it was it was a really enjoyable uh, a podcast for me, interview for me. For sure, for sure. He actually uh, he came and did a, he co-hosted our show. Uh, oh that's cool yeah back in february he co-hosted the show and um it it was it was interesting to say the least like i was used yeah (laughs) i I was used to going through at a at a at a regular pace with my other co-hosts and he just he would just throw these curveballs like we were just sitting there and all of a sudden he's like what's your biggest regret in life and i was like what yeah. What? I, I God, let me review for a second. Hold on. I right. <laughs> <laughs> but um speaking of, go back to my original there of dogs. I guess you've had more time to hang out with your dog uh because of the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, well we got, you know, we we've always kind of wanted a dog and just being being what it may, you know, being a musician and touring and traveling, and my wife does a lot of travel for her job and stuff. It, we met, we didn't ever think it was possible, you know. Yeah. Um, and then when yeah things kind of started slowing down, and um, we thought, yeah, this is a great opportunity, you know. So we went and rescued a pup, Very and cool. um, it's been really wonderful. It's changed our lives, and um, he's been a really great. Uh, addition to the household and but yes we do get to spend nice a lot of time with them uh so that's been really really sweet you know so man uh, that's probably all nice, he's nice used change. to he's probably just yeah used i know to being... I, you know he, funny because the other the other well maybe a week or so ago um we uh we did a live stream from a from a, a theater here in boulder colorado mm-hmm. And so I, I got to take him into the, you know, the theater and sound check and, you know, let him run around and stuff and g- give him a little taste of what's to come, you know, because eventually nice. I do want to bring him on tour. I do want him to be on the bus. So uh, it, it was fun. It was fun to see him in that environment. Is he freaking out a little bit? He was well, he was freaking out a little bit just because it was like dark in there and everybody was, was wearing masks, you yeah. know, and stuff. So he was barking a lot, but... Um, now nah, he's a good pup, and, nice. and I'm looking forward to taking him on the road. Very nice. Well, uh, you also during the pandemic, I noticed you started uh, Cameo, uh, which I, I've seen a yeah. lot. Of, I've seen a lot of artists do this, and I was just thinking, you must get you must get some pretty interesting like shout out requests and whatnot. Have they surprised you so far? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been it's been really interesting. I mean, at first, I didn't know about doing you know cameo because i felt like ah we're in this kind of pandemic and i don't you know want to charge people Mm -hmm. you know for me just to like i don't know say a video i just i didn't know how it would go over and how it would be received but it was actually quite the opposite people have been very like appreciative that 
you know, we're doing something like this and able to offer kind of these personalized messages. And it's actually been super enjoyable. But, you know, most of it is, you know, um, birthdays or anniversaries or this and that. But um, I I have gotten a lot of just, which is interesting, you know, a lot of just kind of pick-me-up messages. And, you know, oh, people are going through a hard time, this and that. And it's nice because in in a time right now where, uh, everybody feels a little bit perhaps disconnected you know um it's been a really great way for me to connect with fans and people and feel like you know i'm doing something um so that's been that's been a really really good about uh, to say, experience for us you get some really you know i i feel like it would make you feel connected and it make you feel yeah. like i mean you get to hear a lot of cool stories because that's one of the things that i, I love about yeah. interviewing people is you're just like whoa i didn't know about that and whoa that's cool. yeah for sure you know. for sure it's always it's always it always surprises you yeah yeah for sure well before we get to the new album let's take the the listeners back uh because you grew up not too far from our home base here in jacksonville you grew up in yeah one of my favorite places in the world hilton head i love it for for listeners who i did who can't you can't find a better place to ride a beach cruiser than hilton head oh. If you want to cruise on a, that. on a cycle, that's the best place to do it. I've been doing it for 30 years, almost almost as, as long as Trevor has. But um, <laughs> just wondering, yeah. I, I know you're a huge fan of like studying people and, and their cultures from India and Hawaii. Have you ever gone back and, and looked at the, the Gullah Geechee uh, people? around Hilton Head because that's an amazing yeah culture. it's interesting you said that yeah because growing up there you know we would hear about um or you know learned learned a lot about just the Gullah tradition mm-hmm. and that kind of area of the world you know and unfortunately it you know in in our day and age now you know it, it, Hilton Head is uh um because of its tourism and yeah. and um travel and stuff you know a lot of these a lot of the history, mm-hmm. you know, of those people. Out. Yeah, those peoples and that type of thing, it got pushed out. So it's, but I remember growing up and, um, you know, they'd have like the Gullah Market mm-hmm. and um, all these different things on the island. Um, I don't know how it is I, I, now, you know, not living there anymore. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I've dove into, dived into a little bit. Yeah. And, um, I would like to learn more about it, but there's not a there's not a great deal of resources on that tradition. On you got you got to go to the source. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's you, you yeah. got to go to the people. Shout out to MSJ. Yeah. We had uh, one of the uh, Gullah artists on the show a wow. while back, and he was fantastic. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, t- talking about you know being back in that time. Uh, you obviously started music with your dad. He's a musician, and uh, yeah. I heard he started bringing you on stage uh, early, like when you were like nine. He would just start bringing yeah. you up, <laughs> and and it, it, it interests me because you know you, you've said a bunch. You're an introvert, and but you're also a performer. Would, can you remember right. when you when he brought you up? Were you nervous? Like those first few times oh, I playing? It. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember it very well. I mean, I, I think I was around, yeah, 10 or 9 or 10. And at that time, I was playing the harmonica. I was really into, like, Blues Traveler and nice. um, John Popper, you know. And, mm-hmm. and um, my dad played at a local bar 
down in Harbortown, this section of Hilton Head called mm -hmm. the Quarterdeck, mm -hmm. and he would play with his friend David Wingo, who was kind of a very well-known musician on the island at yeah. that time, and, and still is. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, he brought me down, and I just remember, you know, getting up there on stage, and it, it, it wasn't so much scary to me, you know. It was, yeah. uh, the stage has always been a place of you know expression and and um almost more of a safe place you know yeah. rather than a, a place of i don't know nervousness or this and that but the, the thing that i really remember is you know showing up at this kind of nightlife area being so young and seeing yeah. all my you know my friend's parents kind of wasted at this, <laughs> at this bar you know and i was just like oh so this is this, this is this what happens the other side of <laughs> but it was it was a really uh great experience i remember it really well and um it it's it, it definitely sticks out in my mind i haven't forgotten it no doubt one of those drunken comments will really take the edge off of a, a performance you won't be yeah. as nervous when you hear one <laughs> oh okay jeff's wasted don't worry about what? it it's fine let's get this yeah, going exactly exactly but um, yeah, it was it was really amazing. Those were my first times on stage, and it was a really amazing experience. Well, like full circle, you you brought your dad out uh, to one of the coolest venues in the world on Red Rocks Amphitheater. You brought him out on stage. I mean, like yes, talk about like cats in the cradle, except awesome version. Like that's like yeah. <laughs> how did how did that feel bringing him out on stage uh, for that concert? Well, we, we, you know, he's, he's, he's more of a, I think, rock star than myself, you know, <laughs> uh, he's, he's really into it. He eats it up, you know, and, um, he's got a really huge spirit. So whenever, you know, he's at a concert or in town or anything like this, mm -hmm. you know, he'd always come up here and there, nice. um, and, and play the drums or this and that. But when we did it at Red Rocks, you know, yeah, it was extremely, extremely special, yeah. um, to kind of you know share that moment with him on such a grand stage For um sure. yeah it's definitely one of you know a great memory i just feel blessed you know to have the opportunity to do that with him you know now was that was that one of the concerts with the uh, uh rising appalachia no that the rising appalachia show got canceled um, yeah, yeah got canceled mm. and postponed so we're doing that um we're doing that uh 2021 hopefully you know mm. we'll see what happens you know mm. shout out so, to leah uh, she was on the show she's fantastic oh wonderful yeah, yeah she's a good friend for sure yeah. for sure well you mentioned you know you you love playing the harmonica when you were young was it blues traveler yeah. like in particular or what what attracted you to a harmonica first was it just because you can stay in key easy or <laughs> oh no you know it was actually searching around the house um my dad, I had a harmonica in, mm -hmm. in one of the drawers, kind of in the family room, and it was more of just the discovery thing. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think I really knew about Blues Traveler yet. You know, nice. it's just like I found this harmonica, and being so young, you know, it was easy to um, harmonica was you know generally easy to play. You For know, sure. um, so and then I think after that, you know, when I really got into Blues Traveler and this mm -hmm. and that, and, and Blues Traveler was actually my first concert that my dad took me to nice. at the Savannah, yeah, at the Savannah Civic Center. It was, uh, it was, uh, gosh, I Very was cool. I think 11 years old. So 
Very and that's cool. how it kind of started with that. Yeah. 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 Now, you, you obviously now uh, sort of the main instrument is, is guitar for the most part. Uh, yeah. Did, did you start getting into guitar because of Bob Marley? Was it more when you hit that reggae that you got interested in, in guitar? I think it was more just like as I got older, I wanted to write songs, you know, mm -hmm. and guitar was kind of like the go-to um or one of the, you know, go-to instruments of, like, being a songwriter, you know. Um, so I think it was more about that, like, yearning to express myself, you know, to write songs is why I got into the guitar, and then um, it kind of went from there. For yeah. sure, for sure. Well, yeah. on, on the on the Bob tip, what is your favorite Bob Marley yeah. album? Oh, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough, man. Um he spread it out like he's one of those guys that like his his best hits are spread out. I mean, obviously you can go into the deep cuts and some of them are pretty great on the albums, but like all of his big hits, he was like it was like strategic almost. It was like everyone had this great, you know, could be it could you be loved was on this album and like right. three little birds was on this album and it's just like right. It's hard to go back and say one single one is the best. Yeah, I mean, it is hard. I I I generally was really into the older stuff. I mm -hmm. mean, I think one of my favorite albums was maybe like Talkin' Blues. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, Confrontation. Um, I, I, I lost them on vibration. Like, there's just, you know, all kind of more of the, the older albums were some of my favorites. Yeah. Um, more organic. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, anyhow, I mean, you spin any record, I'm into it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, Bob, I, get, I get into the older ones, basically Natty Dread and Beyond. That's where Natty I'm really, Dread, yeah. That's where I'm. I'm yeah, into Catch Catch a Fire, you know all those for yeah. sure. But like I, I I went back just recently. Actually, I watched the the documentary Marley, and you watch him when, uh, when he's playing his last concert in Pittsburgh, and he already knew yeah. he had terminal cancer. Like, yeah, you could tell. Yeah. Like music was just everything. He that was it. That's all yeah. he cared about. It's so impressive. So impressive, man. Yeah, yeah. It it was. I've I've been really lucky to have, have met a few people that, um, you know, were with him and during that time, mm -hmm. um, and just to hear the stories of of the vibe at that time and his character and pushing through this just kind of crazy. Um, yeah moment of his life it's really it's just really inspiring for sure yeah. for sure well yeah. moving on in your career fast forward you move out to california yeah. you go to high school out there um and yeah. while you're a senior you get signed to geffen records which yes, is I did. which is insane <laughs> like i mean and by that time it obviously changed some but that's that's the record company with Nirvana and Guns N' Roses and yep. Elton John and Don Henley and on and on and on. Now, obviously, you're a you're a humble guy, but how awesome did that feel initially when you got a, a record deal with Geffen at like 18 years old? Did I mean you had to feel pretty pretty awesome, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was interesting. You know, I was so young that I I don't know if I really understood like the magnitude of it all. Yeah. You know, at that time, I yeah. think I was just, you know, I was just getting out of high school and I was, 
you know, I was a kid, you know, I just, I just loved to play music and, mm-hmm. and that was it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I don't think I, I knew it was a big deal, but I don't think I had really kind of, t- you know, taken it all in, yeah. um, at that time, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was very interesting. And then, you know, honestly, the other part of it all was just like, I'm, uh, you know, from a small town and, and, uh, had heard, you know, about all the big stories in LA and the, yeah. the record companies. And and there was also some nervousness too, you know, sure. like, Hey, you know, well, this is the world. Is this, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. You know, so there was a lot of different emotions, you know, but the only thing I wanted to do was play music. And, yeah. and it seems like, Hey, okay, this is, this is going to allow me to do that. And, um, so that's kind of where my head was at, you know? Um, yeah. I just wanted to play, and I, I was a kid. I wanted to be a kid and have fun, and and that was that was that. Well, they sort of ruined that at Geffen for you because they <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> they they sh- shelved did. two albums, and uh, yes, they did. Now I gotta ask again, because like, did that fuel your fire? Because like for me, especially being like you said, like being that young, oh man, yeah, I'd like eat sleep and breathe spiteful things for geffen records like everything would just be like take that did you did you feel some of that after like they dropped you i mean when when they dropped me i i was actually i felt elated you know i felt a sense Mm. of freedom Mm -hmm. finally you know because after three years of making music and and not being able to share it with people because of yeah. a big enterprise or something. Yeah. It was so incredibly frustrating. So when we ended up getting dropped from that label, um, it was it was a it was a happy day. You know, it was uh, it was it was a day of joy and and like hey, let's now do you know what we want to do here for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, my time there was very, it was, it was painful. Mm. Uh, there was, there wasn't a lot of good, uh, moments. I did meet some, some really cool people and, yeah. um, and got some, you know, great opportunities, but, um, it, it was a lot of struggle, but I'm really thankful for that struggle. You know, I had to learn a lot at a young age and I had to really kind of step up my game and not be so naive, I think. Yeah. Um, just the ways of the world you know and greed and and money and you know just ego i just had to kind of grow up really fast so i'm really grateful for the for that time you know um gave you a little slap of reality for sure for sure yeah Yeah. now now after that it's like you said it's sort of you you released the floodgates after that as far as albums and touring and you just sort of went at it for for like five yeah. years it was sort of non-stop just touring and, yeah. and music yeah longer than that <laughs> well and then you was, you took a step back though like it became too much i did yes it became yes i did it became like yeah. a, a a nine to five job almost except a lot more hours Jeez. and it just yeah what? yeah that's true now now you went you went to india during that time right to sort of take a step yeah back. yeah well i went to i mean I, I at that point when i took a step back i had been going to india you know for a few years yeah um and it be, kind of became my place to yeah recharge the batteries and and kind of disappear in a way and and rest and also just 
explore, you know, this path that I was so influenced by, yeah. you know, in this culture, you know. Um, so, so you already had some, I, like, connections over there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when I kind of hit that point that you're talking about where I just got so burnt out, yeah, I just knew, like, I'm going back to India and I'm, I don't know when I'm coming back type of thing, oh, you know. So- so uh, was music so it was, was music all the way all all the time you know like you were planning on coming back to music or did you not even know then if you would come back to music I didn't even know yeah I didn't even know I just needed to I I, I needed to take everything off the plate in a way and, yeah and and fall in love with things again you know yeah. um, at that point I was touring so much and I was you know just we were killing ourselves, you know, and our bodies. And, um, I was just so burnt out that nothing was fun, you yeah. know, and I was really negative and <laughs> had just kind of, yeah, fallen into this, this hole that I wanted to get out of. So, For sure. um, I didn't know at that point, you know, I just was like, I just need to go and I need to I be f- in my place and, and that's it. I feel you know? like I'd have to make like a, a, a four part, trip over to india i couldn't do it all in one like go like it's just so far man it's like i can barely handle a flight to california i don't know yeah well you know i know i know i get it but you know i think um it's funny when you are going that far Mm -hmm. you know your body kind of it's almost like your body relaxes you know Mm. when you have like a you know 16 hour flight or whatever it's almost like, well, I'm going to be on here forever, so I'm just going to relax, you <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, but uh, and it's almost harder to get on a flight from the, you know, California to New York or something yeah. because, you know, oh, I just want to get there and stuff. So yeah. it, it's interesting with the, how the mind treats it, you mm. know. But yes, it is. It is quite far. Mm. It is quite far. Now, I, yeah. like in, in my head, you know, hearing because it's always this sort of just like abbreviated. He went to India and he was there for a while. Like in my head, I have an idea of you just like it's like a episode of No Reservations, except instead of Anthony Bourdain, it's just Trevor Hall like walking around. <laughs> was, like what? What was the little like day to day? Just usually in, in during that time yeah. when you were in India. Yeah, well, it depends on where I was. You know, I mean, I had uh, my spots that I would you know frequent mm-hmm. so i was quite familiar with not only the places but the people there you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Um, but it was my time to really get into my practice you know mm-hmm. um it was waking up you know before dawn and Ooh. um yeah you know just meditating and and just just letting the whole system come down and and visiting you know sacred sites and stuff nice it was getting it was getting the juju back you know and and meeting people um you know that were you know way further along the path you know seeking guidance and um it was just kind of a total rejuvenation period but um yeah it was it's just uh it's my favorite place and um now did you get married on that trip yeah no i got married um in 2013 okay when we were there yeah okay. yeah so um 
it was it was just kind of after that. Because I was about to say that would be a, a lot for rejuvenation. Like you're getting rejuvenated, yeah. and then you're like, yeah, why not? Let's throw a marriage on top of it. Here we go. Yeah, well, well, that was part of the rejuvenation. I think you know it was it was finding your your the, your partner. You yeah. know um, that nourished you, and and um, you know now I didn't have to do this alone. Yeah, you know, I had a teammate and. Um, so it was, it was a really special time. Um, it, it, you know, I, obviously I was struggling with music and this and that, but, um, because of that struggle, it helped me, you know, turn to different places yeah. and, um, and that's what, yeah, kind of gave us the fuel to keep going. Got something to create a base on that you can build off. Absolutely. Of. Yeah. 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 Now, yeah. now just a couple of years after that, um, you're, you're, you're in Hawaii and you're getting ready to yes. head out. You're going to go on tour. Your wife's going to go to Nepal, and your leg starts right. itching. And it turns out the yeah. itchy leg is a horrible staph infection. Now, yeah. did, <laughs> did did like did you ha- do you have do you have any idea where that came from to this day? Do you know? No, I mean, I, from talking with you know uh, the doctors and stuff in Hawaii and stuff, like staph is is is. Uh, kind of highly prevalent you know and oh, no. um, on beaches and water and in a tropical environment you know it's not it's not totally uncommon mm. so it could have just been swimming you know and in, in a certain place or, or cutting my foot on a piece of coral and mm. then you, you know you just never know yeah um but it was you know it was part of the process it was part of the journey and it was a pretty pretty crazy time. No doubt. Pretty crazy time. Well, well yeah. I found it really crazy that your your wife stayed with you while you were sick. Like I said, she's supposed to yeah. go to Nepal. And that's when that huge, huge earthquake hits Nepal. Yeah. Like that's that's insane. Like, I mean, you know, it, it seems really fortuitous and it seems like it was meant to be, but at the same time I'd be like, Hey, I think that's meant to tell you you should hang around your husband more just saying yeah it was just a whole period of, of stopping yeah you know, it was a whole period of of everything in the universe kind of telling us hey like stop you know <laughs> kind of similar similar you know to a point now i think in our history you know where yeah. we are now as a collective you know yeah um hey it's saying hey breaks. stop but <laughs> nobody wants to stop you know and we keep you know throwing ourselves into suffering but yeah um you you know you have to listen to what's going on you know for sure for uh, sure yeah well you got out of that you you got out of that uh fairly unscathed yeah you had to you had to shave the hair uh which was a big big knock uh because you'd had it for what seven years at that time yeah, I had it for seven years. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So, and the 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 <laughs> you you had sworn not to cut it for twelve was the sort of yeah. Oath, right? God, you know your stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That that was uh, it was a vow that I had taken. A lot of um, yogis in India kind of take that vow of of the twelve years. Um, so it's something that I wanted to do and yeah. to not be able to kind of make it there. 
was kind of so heartbreaking. But you also yeah. you have to be practical. You know, you gotta. I'm not gonna keep something if it's damaging my health or this and that. So, well, yeah, obviously. Um, I think, yeah, I think. Yeah. I think some people think I'm taking that oath, and then I just tell them I'm lazy and I don't cut my hair, and that's you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, mine's usually an oath of about three years, and I'm like, oh, it's coming down to my waist. I need to cut this again. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so let's uh, we, let's talk about the the here and now. Uh, you just released the the newest single, "Fire on Your House," and yes. it's it's got a, it's got more bite, or I guess I guess uh, in your words, a little bit more hiss than uh, yeah. than normal Trevor Hall songs. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> now, now I know you said you wrote this several years ago. What what initially sparked? the you know your your creative fire to write this one well i i mean i was you know we were god it's it's, it's a lot i mean mm -hmm. growing up in in the music industry yeah um you know you, any industry life whatever you know you have you you, you kind of meet people that you trust and they break that trust and yeah. it stings you know for sure and um in the music industry just just being taken of advantage of in certain instances um, is hard. You know, it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. And yeah, you know, I, I always, I'm I'm always trying to, you know, let things go and and um, forgive and be cool with things. You know, but <laughs> I'm a human being, and and uh, it was just at a point where I couldn't take it anymore. You know, I needed yeah. to I needed to release it in a artistic you know cathartic kind of way you know um so it just was kind of born out of you know those instances of betrayal or kind of feeling of of, of being somebody trying to you know put their power on you and um sometimes you need to you need to stand up for yourself you know yeah. and that's what i felt like i needed to do it's, it's interesting i feel like that specific uh getting getting basically manipulated in the music industry has, has spawned a lot of good songs like a lot of it sure has yeah <laughs> i mean you know with anything in life you know with any type of struggle or anything um there's always great blessings blessings hidden in those times and yeah um it sucks to go through you know when you're in it you know at that moment but um it usually always creates something either good or powerful yeah so, yeah um yeah you know that's what i felt like those experiences did it gave me that song and helped me kind of yeah become a stronger person now you recorded that with the rest of the the new album in durham well i had recorded that song i wrote the song you know and kind of recorded it in my own home studio mm. Um, as a demo, okay. you know, and I wasn't originally, you know, planning on releasing it. Mm -hmm. It was more of, I was in this really horrible situation with somebody I was working with. And I just wrote it as again, kind of a, a, a thing of healing of, of just ah, letting it out, you know, sort of but like I thought, the... Oh, I'm, I'm never going to release this, you know, because yeah. This isn't like a typical whatever song that I would write, and yeah. I don't know how fans would react, and blah 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 blah. But as time went on, you know, I had, I had played it for a few people, you know, friends mm -hmm. and 
and you know my wife and this and that Mm -hmm. and people are like you have to release this Mm. and it was a big battle you know at one moment i said no no i can't i'm not gonna do it and then you know another moment was like i feel like yeah this is i need to be honest you know and it was and it was a lot of back and forth it was a lot of back and forth and i had kind of i kind of put it to bed i was kind of like ah i just don't want to invite any type of negative you know Mm-hmm. energy so i i just kind of you know put it to bed and then when i ended up going to north carolina to durham to record yeah with brad cook yeah um he heard the song and he said you know we had uh, many discussions about it but he's like there's no way that you're not going to record this you know you, nice. you this is this is necessary nice. so he kind of gave me the final little bump and um i'm glad i did i'm glad i recorded it i'm glad we put it out and for sure um it, yeah it needed to be done for sure for sure well you you know uh you mentioned brad is is who you worked with and he's worked with a a, yeah. a lot of great people uh his golden messenger being one of the ones that he works with a lot um yeah and i heard you were a pretty big fan of his uh how how well, was it working with him yeah i mean i had never really worked with I've, I've, I've been blessed to work with so many different um, uh, producers or, or writers, mm-hmm. you know, in my career. Yeah. Um, but the majority of those people, if not all of those people, were people that I met, you know, through, um, through you know, the record label or um, through writing sessions or this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had nev- I had never worked with somebody that I you know, was almost like a previous fan of and was like, yeah. wow, I, I intentionally want to work with that person because yeah. I really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the past it was, I was just introduced to people and, and we we struck a great, you know, relationship and that was that. So yeah. so with, with Brad, you know, I was, I was a fan of um, everything that he had done, yeah. you know, and everything that he had worked on. And I, I'm a huge Boney Bear fan mm-hmm. and him, you know, being involved in that, uh, camp for so long, um, was appealing to me. And, um, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what our, you know, what, even though you're a fan of somebody and, and you enjoy what they do, it doesn't mean that when you get together, things are going to pop off and be great. Yeah. You know, you never, you never know how somebody creates and got to have um, that connection. If t- yeah. If your two worlds are going to flow and the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I was, we were at a point with the record, you know, where I, I was recording a lot of songs with my band and, we were kind of at this this crossroads of okay, are we going to do this by ourselves and produce it ourselves, um, or are we going to do it with somebody else? Mm-hmm. And 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 Brad was kind of like when I flew out to Durham to meet him and and hang out with him, it was kind of like this big decision of like, oh, let's see how we flow, you know. Yeah. And if we if if it doesn't work out, then we have our answer. We know <laughs> that we should do this on our own, but. Yeah it was quite it was quite the opposite you know meeting brad was like a creative explosion yeah and um it was just it was on from the first moment you know we met each other and yeah. um i'm really yeah really really grateful to him well I heard, I heard you say you found sort of your your love of creation again with this yeah. new album sort yeah. of spark sparking that was i mean is is he 
Is it because he's such a good like sounding board and he comes up with like great ideas too that just sort of get you excited? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know when you're working by yourself, you know, or creating by yourself so much, um, it's you know you're in your world, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's you know sometimes it's really nice to have somebody come in and ask questions and poke you and yeah. show you a different view, For you sure. know. And um, and Brad just really kind of it was it was just the joy of creativity yeah. that he just ignited again, you know, Very in nice. my being. And um, it just no ego, just just pure love for music and sound. And he had no expectations, which was so refreshing. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it was just. Yeah, it was just like the perfect person, I think, to walk into my life at that at that point. You Oppos know? Opposite end um, of the spectrum from the Geffen days. Oh, absolutely! It was just <laughs> it was it was just joy, man. It was just pure joy. I mean, every day waking up and going into the studio for this album was just it was just so much fun. Well, yeah. speaking of the joy, I noticed that one of the songs, at least, I don't know how many, but I saw it on Instagram. You got your wife, your mom, and your sister singing. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. What was the inspiration on that? Did you go in being like, we need a, we need a three sister, wife, mom combo. on this song? Yeah. I mean, that was a really special day. Um, it wasn't really planned, you know, my, my sister lives in North Carolina mm -hmm. and, you know, my mom obviously lives in South Carolina mm -hmm. and, uh, they, because I was so close, you know, they came to visit, mm -hmm. you know, in yeah. Durham, they made the trip to Durham and drove to Durham and hung out with us in the studio for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the song pops on the song, open doors, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're recording and listening to different things and open doors comes up. And I was just like, yo, like, you guys should sing on this, you know? <laughs> and they're all like, no way, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm like, no, come on, like, let's just do it for fun, you know? Let's, yeah. just, let's just see what happens, you know? So we, you know, we, we hit record and put them in front of a mic. And it was, it was just an amazing experience to have, um, you know, three women, you know, yeah. from my family my mom my sister it was just an amazing amazing moment for me and and they sounded great and Very cool. um to, to have their names on the album and About their to contribution say. to the album is is really special now they're artists they can walk around and be like us absolutely set, set the recording studio it's no big deal don't worry about <laughs> it <laughs> um so last question on the album how can, how can uh fans sort of prepare themselves for this this album how does it compare to fruitful darkness yeah it's a good question i mean with the fruitful darkness it was you know a period of you know lots of learning not that this album isn't but um i was definitely going through lots of different things you know at that point of my life and, mm -hmm. and struggle and finding you know really learning more about myself and kind of digging into deeper i think mm -hmm. i don't know aspects of yourself you know it's kind of really about facing the unconscious or the subconscious and um so there's kind of more like i think serious kind of subjects you know yeah. but with this album with this album i really felt like i was really in joy nice. you know i was really in a place of 
um, yeah, just celebration of the human, you know, yeah. of of uh, uh, and just being in that joy, yeah, of celebrating all the different aspects of humanity or, or emotions and and doing it with love and um so i think there's just th there's that theme wise there's uh, that different flavor and then i think creatively you know musically sonically with the fruitful darkness i was just starting to step into um this this world of exploring different sounds you know and was mm -hmm. kind of dipping my toe in the water and um seeing how it all fit together i yeah. guess and and with with in and through the body with this new record i feel like there was kind of no inhibitions there was just we just went for it and nice. um we we jumped in we didn't just dip our toe you know so um it's it's just i'm extremely excited i'm i'm i i it could it could be my favorite album so awesome. far Awesome. I think yeah. I, I think a lot of people could use that joy right now. I think that would be yeah, a, absolutely. That'll definitely be a positive thing. And jumping right in, people want to hear those sounds for sure. Right. Well, I've got two questions left. They're really random questions, so I didn't know where to put them Go in the interview. It. Two really random. I love random. First, I was cruising your Instagram page, and I noticed yeah. you follow Peloton, hmm. and I was. <laughs> I was wondering, do you do you get down on some Peloton riding? Yo, I'm all about the Peloton wow. right now. I, I just started. I just started. I'm new to the game. Nice. Um, yeah, we. Uh, my wife is is usually the uh, the mover, mm -hmm. you know, in our family. I'm quite lazy, and um, <laughs> I I don't really, you know, it's hard for me to kind of get the the, the energy to to move my body yeah um, and uh you know i was uh she had ordered the peloton mm -hmm. for herself mm -hmm. you know and um meanwhile you know we were shooting a video um for one of the songs on the new album mm -hmm. uh, a, a month ago or so when um when we were visiting our family on the east coast and and when I saw the footage back, you know, I, I was like, holy crap. I was like, I have a quarantine tummy. <laughs> like that tummy is big, you know, and I got all <laughs> self-conscious and I was like, you know, oh my God, I, I think I really let myself go, you know? <laughs> so I started, you know, I was like, oh God, I got to, you know, get back on the train here. Yes. And um, when we, when we got back home here to Colorado, the Peloton had arrived and nice. um, and I got on it and I just, man, I just got addicted to it. There um, it is. Yeah. 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 So I've been, you know, I've been trying to ride every day and, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I got my favorite instructors nice. and, you know, so it's, 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 it's really hard for me. It's different for me because it's a very, very intense kind of workout, but the more you do it, the more you get, addicted to it and um well, I was for me it's... i gotta stay on the wave you know if i take a day off that day off mm -hmm. can turn into two weeks yeah. and <laughs> you know so i have to i have to really kind of be consistent with it and i'm so i'm grateful to i'm grateful to be able to have something in our home to you know really make me feel good yeah well i, I was thinking about that you know as big as you are into to yoga and and a lot of eastern yeah. practices it is it's it's the counter opposite 
because I used to, it, I, it, you know, it is. Yeah. I used to be a personal trainer for, for years and you know, oh, wow. okay. th- that's the thing is when you look at it, like Eastern East, all Eastern fitness is this idea. Like the first thing, when you look at martial arts and you look at yoga and you look at Tai Chi and all of these, right. it's learn how to breathe. And so it's yeah. this, and like, you know, I would try to incorporate a lot of these things into my American clients. And so I'd be like, all right, right here's right. what we're going to practice. We're going to practice a nice diaphragmatic breath. You're going to go in nice. Right. And they'd be like, boring. What are we doing? Get right. me doing something. Right. Like, you know, and so, yeah. So Peloton is definitely, it's a, it's a different ride for you, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's a different ride. And I think that's perhaps why I like it so much is it's just outside of my comfort zone. And um, I've just, yeah, I've been really into it. I've cool. been really into it. Cool. Well, second question also. I had to dig way back in the Instagram files for this one. But as I was going through the pics, I saw a picture of you where you claimed to be part of Clipper Nation. Hmm. The Los Angeles <laughs> Clippers. <laughs> I wa- I was very much a part of Clipper Nation. Oh, so are you um, not anymore? Well, you know, at that point, I I was ser- I was living in LA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was seriously in love with that team. Yeah. you know, I'm a big Chris Chris Paul fan. Lo- um, Lob City, De- just DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jamal Crawford. Like I loved that team, JJ Redick mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, they just dismantled, mm. you know, and when they kind of dismantled the team and, and Chris left and, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody kind of went everywhere else. My interest just kind of <sighs> it, it fell off, you know, <sighs> and I know that that's not like a true, you know, fan and all this stuff. But, no, no, it's okay. You know, I was, it's professional. Sports, I was more you know? of a fan. <laughs> I was more of a fan of of you know Chris and okay. Um, so are you OKC now? Doing. I just like Chris. You know, it's just like wherever he's at, I'm okay. root for him. You okay. Know? Um, but um, you know, we've kind of you know we moved to Colorado, and now I'm kind of all about the hockey. So mm. um, we've it. we've kind of ch- changed sports a bit. You know. <sighs> Oh, I don't know if I can get on hockey. I don't know. I'm more <laughs> more of a basketball guy. I don't know. Hockey's, yeah, yeah. Hockey's tough, man. Hockey's tough. I, <laughs> I like going to the games live, but like watching them on TV, yeah. it's sort of like baseball. I'll instantly fall asleep. Like I just like I don't <laughs> some, something about it, man. But you know, right, right. going all the way back to the Andy Frasco uh, uh, podcast, it's a good thing you didn't get on basketball with him because he is probably one of the biggest Laker fans I've ever oh, known. Yeah. He is insane. Yeah, yeah. And he, he yeah. <laughs> throughout every for some reason every single interview it will go back to the Lakers somehow. He will. Well, thank God. Yeah, thank God. I didn't. It didn't come up that I was a Clipper fan. He might have. <laughs> He might have. He might have ended the interview right there. No, no, no. We, me, me, and him. He's <laughs> he's a very accepting, uh, accepting person as far as the uh, rivals of his team. He's okay. He's right, right. Taking, right, right. Taking a lot of pictures with Boston fans, so it's it's all right. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, Trevor, I want to thank you, man, for coming on the show. It's been a fantastic uh, interview. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you having me and. 
Um, yeah, wishing y'all well down there. For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Trevor Hall at trevorhallmusic.com or follow him on Instagram at Trevor Hall Music. Right now, let's listen to Fire on Your House right here on the Doc G Show. Yeah.
are back here on the Doc a G a show. You just heard Trevor Hall. Yes. Yes, with his new single. And of course, you yes, heard sir. me talking to him before. Man, I could I could talk to Trevor all day, Dave. All day. That's right. Totally. Totally, Such man. A, cool dude. Thanks for coming on. For sure. Appreciate and it. I, I mean, you know, grew up in one of my favorite places in the world, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Such a such an enjoyable place, man. Now he lives out in Colorado, getting all that mm-hmm. mountain snow and like May. No, thank you. Ew. <laughs> right? No, <laughs> no, thank you. And I was really hoping, dude. I was really hoping he was still part of Clipper Nation, uh, the the Clippers. Like, I mean, he said he was back in 2012. Now he's like, yeah, I don't really follow him. Like, come on, man. <laughs> They're doing good this year. They got Kawhi. They can do it. Yes. Don't don't fall into Andy's trap of the Lakers. You don't need to fall into the Andy Frasco trap. No. No. Right. <laughs> Go Clippers. And I, I got to be honest, for a dude that's so all about, you know, meditation, Indian philosophy, all that kind of stuff, I was really mm-hmm. surprised that he was digging the Peloton bike. It's crazy. Oh. I was like, what? What? Getting on Peloton. It's hard to see. It's hard to see Trevor getting in the zone ready for a Peloton rider, you know? I know, just, right? Just wild, but awesome. Thanks thanks for Trevor once again coming on the show. We're very appreciative. Hopefully he'll come back soon. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. And totally. make sure to check out his new album. It's going to be out in just about a week and a half. So make sure you get out there, you download it, you stream it, you buy it, you do all of those things. All right. Yes, sir. Do it. Dave, it's time. Newest segment. You know what it is. Give it to me. The best. Shoe and tell, baby. Shoe and tell part 15. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, what do I got baking in the oven today? I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about these dudes. They're new. I told you about them, Dave. They're coming out. The Air Jordan Lowe's SE Nothing But Nets. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Jordan 1's Nothing But Net. Oh, these are sweet, man. These are sweet. Classic pattern. Yes. From the old jumpsuits. Yes. Mm. Yes, I, I like saw them. these. I missed their actual, uh, you know, release date. Release I had to get date. These, yeah. I had to get these on Goat. I had to go out get these on Goat, and they are brand new from the box. Fantastic! You can lick the soles on these on these do babies. It. Do it right uh, now. I'll, I'll do it on ah, camera. Yeah, there we go. Yes, I didn't, yes, I, 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 yeah. Mm, mm, rubbery. Um. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> these obviously, as I said before, Peter Moore design. We remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. when they released the low tops originally, uh, mm-hmm. they only had two colorways, white, gray, and white and blue. Uh, mm-hmm. So yep. obviously, these are new because Jordan didn't actually get this. He didn't play cra- this crazy suit until uh, until '92. Right. So, as you said, what makes it awesome is they've got this color pattern uh, of wild yellow, red, blue, purple, and black zigzaggies all over it. Um, And that outfit was made most famous by the McDonald's commercial in 1993, where he and Larry Bird play a little best shot wins 
for uh, Michael's Big Mac. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a little horse thing. Okay. Yeah, which which first aired for the Super Bowl in 1993. Dang, that's now, wild. Jordan loved this sh- sh- uh, this outfit too because he because he, he wore it in uh, Barcelona. Was, yeah, he wore it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you saw it in the uh, Barcelona, and I loved it. You know, at Barcelona, I mean, when he wore those nothing but net colors, it was like it's like the American flag. Yeah, he, he stood like, out. He was like, guess what? Olympics, we're here. This is America's this is leader. A 6'6", 210 monster with a color festival going on his shorts and shirt. Yeah, I dare you to make fun of him. Do it. Do it. Jeez. Not, uh, nobody actually said that, but that's what I was thinking no, when I saw they it. they didn't. Now, <laughs> now, now, I said nothing makes me think more of 90s than Jordan 6s in a previous edition of Jordan Shoe and Tell. Right, right. But I got to I got to be honest, though. man. The nothing but net pattern? Yeah. It's it's, it's hard 90s right there. It's real yeah, hard 90s. That that leads into the 7s. Yeah. And um, Yeah. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. Now, now I will say like that's the thing is that since these are ones it mm-hmm. takes me a little bit back away from the 90s. But if these right. were nothing but net sevens, I would have to say that outweighs the sixes for 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, sure. I mean, Saved by the Bell, PM Dawn, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and nothing but net sevens. That's mm-hmm. 90s. You know? Amen. That is 90s. But I love these shoes. Haven't taken them out yet for a stroll of actual footwear. Very you excited. Will, I will. Wear your I will. kick. Hashtag wear your kicks. Very, very excited about these. These are just, oh, man. I think I want to get me some of the shorts, too, to go with them, you know? Oh, that'd be cool. Really, yeah. really, really get some I matching going I may just get some down. of the shorts just to get some. Yeah. You, you'd want to. Listeners, you want I to, do. too. Now, you sparked my fancy. I'm going to be looking those up after the show. Yes. Yes. Okay, Dave. It's time. Last birthday suit. Let's go. Okay, now this is the curveball I told you about. Um, I, I'm almost positive you'll know it, uh, but you don't know his real name. Uh, right. So I gave you I gave you ninety percent on getting his his n- new name, his stage name, if you will. So. Mm. Born on September 9th, 19, or 1880. Hmm. That's right. 18, or sorry. 1880. I, uh, sorry, got it reversed. Is that a Eight, typo? 1890. Okay, that makes a big difference, you know. <laughs> Ten years, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, in Henryville, Indiana. Our birthday uh-huh. suit wears parents were deeply religious. Warned their children of evils of alcohol, tobacco, gambling, and whistling on Sundays. What? Which, I didn't know people warned other people of whistling on Sundays, but apparently that was a thing, Dave. No, that wasn't allowed. Apparently that was a thing. In 1906, he went to the United States Army. One year later, he was honorably discharged, moved to Alabama, had all Mm -hmm. kinds of different jobs for the next 20 years, but he landed in Kentucky in 1930. Started a restaurant in Corbin, Kentucky, selling steaks, chicken, country ham, other foods. Sweet. He was commissioned as a colonel by the governor of Kentucky 
at the time, Ruby mm-hmm. Lafoon. In 1940, he finalized his recipe for fried chicken with secret spices and a pressure fryer. In 1952, he decided to franchise his recipe, and the first person to pick him up was Pete Harmon in Utah. By the 1960s, his fried chicken was all over the U.S., Canada, and even Jamaica. Eventually, about Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders is correct. Yeah, person. Colonel Sanders is Harlan David Sanders. Yes. Yes, Colonel Sanders. So eventually he sold the franchise to two young businessmen. The two businessmen retained Colonel Sanders as the face and the brand ambassador of the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise. For 20 years after that, our birthday suit wearer would just travel around the country visiting the restaurants, making sure they lived up to his standard of cooking. And he was he was sort of a hard If he didn't like what he tasted at a franchise, he'd shove it to the ground and call it slop. And Shut this place out. down. I just think yeah. of uh, John Taffer. Shut it down. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Sadly, he passed away in 1980, but 90 Dang. years old. 90, 90 years old. Years old. Yeah, man. And uh, he he died he died his goatee and mustache so it fit his white hair. He also he he had naturally had white hair, but wow. he dyed dyed the goatee and the mustache to match it. And so he uh, really for, looked like the the yeah emblem, exactly like logo. Oh yeah he God. he wore the white suit for the last twenty years of his life. He had wow. always every single day lifestyle. he was. He was not seen outside in public without that white suit. In the winters, he would wear a really heavy wool uh, white suit, and in the summers, a really light cotton linen suit. So yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah man, getting down. <laughs> and like I didn't know either. That, you know, I need to need to raise my knowledge, man. I didn't know that Colonel was a thing you can get. In Kentucky, it's like the highest civilian honor. It's not a colonel as far as the army. Yeah. yeah, it's just colonel. Like that's you're you're a dope person, basically. Dang. Congratulations, you're You'd awesome. You'd be a colonel in Kentucky because you're dope, yes. dog. I I need to move to Kentucky. Doc G, Colonel Doc G. Yeah, Colonel Doc. Like yeah. It. Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet. I don't think Florida has. There are some other. Uh, there are some other uh, states that have sort of similar things. Like yeah. Nebraska has their admiral. Apparently, you can become an admiral of Nebraska. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like uh, um, uh, uh, South Carolina has like the Palmetto of Honor, something like that. Palmetto mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are some similarities, but I don't think Florida has one. Nope. I don't think we have one like that. Yeah, sad. Sad. Anyways, Colonel Sanders, 90 years old, R. fried R. chicken. I remember it, it to him. To be honest, it's not one of my favorite fried chickens. Word. Like, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. I like a crispier your, fried chicken. You know. So what's your go-to place? I, I mean, really? If we're, if we're yeah. being totes honest, Popeye's. That's right. Popeyes, okay. Love Popeyes. Yeah. It's so good, man. So salty, so and then you put a little hot sauce on top of that saltiness. Oh, mmm. Mm. 
Mm. Gosh, I almost have a stroke just eating it right there. It's just, oh, blood pressure's raising right on it, man. Oh, so good, though. So good. KFC, though, don't get me wrong. Fried chicken's a little bit like pizza. I'm not going to turn down any fried chicken. Like, Never. Never. It's, it's, not, it's not like somebody comes in with a bucket of KFC. I'm going to be like, ugh, gross. I'll be like, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's get in there, yeah. see what happens, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, all right. I got to tell you about the great shows. Very excited. Do it. Next week, we've got Sleeping Wolf, fantastic band out of L.A. Can't wait for him to be on the show. It's going to be a good time. We're going to talk to their singer, Jake. He's making some new, new music. They're coming out with a new album. Super excited. Can't wait, so make sure you tune into it. But for now, we are behind time. We need to get we need to get off the air. Now. Oh. Now. Oh. We're off. Not not really now. But no, I no. have been your host, Doc G. With me as always, the man with an immaculate man rug, Dave Burles Berlin. Guys, it's been a great Wednesday. Thanks mm-hmm. for joining us. Mm-hmm. See you next week. Yes. Yes. Amen. Keep it safe out there, guys. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.